Hello and welcome to Work, Rest, Slay, our podcast for the Image Business Club. I'm Melanie Morris, contributing editor at Image Media. And I have to say, I really enjoy these monthly interviews with Ireland's most empowering businesswomen. And I hope you do too. There seems always to be so much to learn and apply to our own careers. And I have to say a huge big thank you to all our guests for always being so generous and candid. This month, I'm chatting with Gronya Mullins, the Galway-based founder of Grow Chocolates. If you haven't seen these delicious treats yet, get set to be absolutely astonished and amazed. Gronya makes little tiny works of art that look as unique and beautiful as they taste. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like these come out of Ireland, and so I'm really curious to hear more about Gronya and her business. Before we get stuck in, and if you're listening to this fresh on download, it's early September and we've just celebrated the first year of the Image Business Club. The club, actually like Girl Chocolates, was born in COVID lockdown times and has really flourished as business returns to, and I quote, real life. I'd like to say a huge thank you to all our members, both the founding ones who have renewed memberships recently, as well as those we've gathered along the way. The Image Business Club is a way to connect network and amplify your business and tool up through events, one-to-one coaching sessions and dedicated content on our image platforms. You can find out more if you go to image.ie forward slash business hyphen club. May I also ask if you enjoy Work Wrestling, we'd be so grateful if you'd rate, share and or leave a review for us whenever you get a moment. But now let's get started on an absolute roller coaster of an hour and let me welcome the very impressive Gronya Mullins. So Gronya, thank you so much for being with us today. You're so welcome. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, let's start at the very beginning, because seeing is believing with your products. And I'm sure you're a great advocate of eating with the eyes. But could you tell us a little bit about what grow chocolates look like when you come and, and see them in a store or when you see them online? Absolutely. So I like to call it edible art um, because it's they're all hand painted. We make hand painted chocolates um, in all different shapes and sizes. We do our Easter eggs, um, but they don't just look beautiful. They also taste beautiful. So I use a lot of bright, bold colors and I try and use the colors on the outside to represent what's on the inside as well. So we have a lot of fun. Um, they're really, be- really, really beautiful. But as I said, as I worked as a pastry chef for over 10 years in fine dining and Michelin star restaurants, I have to make sure that the, the flavor lives up to the, how they look as well. So what sort of flavors would we find maybe in a mixed assortment? So our original box of chocolate is the first ever product that I launched. Um, that is still our most popular to date. And there we have our salted caramel chocolate, hazelnut proline. We have a honey chocolate, strawberry. And they're just, they're so beautiful. They're so, so tasty. Um, that box, I suppose, is a lot of familiar flavors to people, but done in very unusual ways. So they're very different than what you get in your classical box of chocolate. You have different textures, different flavors, and that's really important. But we also play around quite a bit during seasonal times when it's summer winter we want to make sure we're using the best local produce and what is in season at that particular time so we're really really creating unique flavors such as pineapple maybe apple we even did some floral ones this summer we use some hibiscus flowers rose we really just play around and and create something truly unique inside a chocolate oh divine my god that's just heaven to hear Uh, (laughs) i wish i had some with me now um 
tell us a little bit more about your life before becoming a businesswoman. You, you touched there that you were a pastry chef. I was. So I worked for over 10 years in restaurants um, and I suppose kitchens, worked really hard, worked my way up the ranks and I just loved every second of it. So I just worked and worked and worked until I could learn as much as I could because I didn't have um, a formal culinary arts degree like most people around me did so I just worked my way up and it became from my family loving food me growing up being in the kitchen always being allowed to help out get my hands dirty when everyone else was cooking around me so it was a really nice way to be able to be and be my creative self so I really really enjoyed that and I realized I was happiest in the kitchen um so I suppose I worked for then went into more fine dining restaurants I loved how intricate it was being a pastry chef you're somebody that's very good at following a recipe so you're following things step by step and it was the methodical nature of working in a kitchen I really loved and I absolutely fell in love with it did you work in Ireland I did, absolutely. So I, I started when I was 16 in transition year. I worked in a local cafe in Lockray, where, I, where I'm from. So I worked there for my first few years. And then I went to Glenlow Abbey here in Galway, a five-star hotel, moved across to Ashford Castle, where I absolutely loved it there. That was the first big pastry kitchen I'd ever worked in. And it was the organization, the everything around and how it all worked together I just fell in love with it and after that then I moved away to France I moved down to the south of France um, and I worked in a Michelin star restaurant uh, where within just a few months I'd been promoted to their chef patissier which is their head pastry chef so I was leading the pastry team and it was just yeah it was just a fantastic experience and speaking of I didn't actually have any French when I moved over there so I had to learn that on the spot too which which was pretty intense but it meant uh, I was able to become pretty fluent pretty quickly oh my god and tell me about the pressure points of working in a kitchen so pr- kitchens can be very stressful. They're intense. They're work environments, um, especially when you go into the more high-end kitchens. I love them because I do perform well under pressure, whether that's a learned skill or whether that was always there, I don't know. But I always loved working in kitchens. So yes, there's the stress, there's perfection. There's a lot of meticulous work and being organized, especially in the pastry side of the kitchen. It's all about preparation in advance um, because you can't make a cake every single minute for every single guest you have to have it made earlier on in the day which means it's kind of the opposite to the other side of the kitchen it's very about planning earlier on in the day making sure you have a really strong list that you're following everything you're following recipes and by the end of the day then you should have a really lovely day so they, they are intense absolutely i was just going to say do you think that sort of pressure resourced you well to being your own boss because you can maybe handle the meeting with the bank or the accountant or the whoever a little bit easier? Absolutely. So I would have worked probably 16 hour shifts, majority of my career working as a chef. So I'd be maybe 6am until 1am working, Um, maybe just about time to have lunch. Um, (laughs) So that would be very typical, um, unfortunately. So I don't agree with it, but it is the way it is. And But it definitely set me up. So it gave me a chance to work hard. I was working hard for somebody else, giving it my absolute all every single day. And Mm. I was really dedicated to anything I do. And I kind of realized only kind of, I think, suppose since that I love to be busy. Um, I love to follow up with something. I love to have an end result. Um, I think it was kind of COVID times when things went very quiet that I realized how busy I actually like to be. 
podcast. So it, yeah, it was very different. And But that has led on now to me working just as hard for myself. And I never tune up. But I also don't feel bad really because I do that because I love what I do. So was it COVID that got you starting your own business or were you going to do it anyway? Could you tell us a little bit about that, the, the early days? Yeah, so I'd always dreamt of having my own business. Um, didn't know what it would be, when it would be. I did think it would probably be a pastry shop. And I just knew the infrastructure and equipment and to set up a shop that it would take so much money that I wasn't in a state to do that yet. But when lockdown hit, obviously nobody was working. We're all at home. I'd way too much time on my hands. And I was making cakes every single day for my friends and family and neighbours and anyone else I could give cakes to, to cheer them up. And one thing I decided to do was for Easter Sunday, I decided to make hand-painted easter eggs for all of my friends and family this was 2020 yes yes exactly So I went around to each of them and said, what's your favourite colours? What's your favourite flavours? What would you like? And I made, I think it was only 12 Easter eggs. And I made them, gave them to each of them. And I was thrilled at myself. But I was putting each of them on social media. And as I put them all up on social media, people started reaching out. Where can I buy them? Oh my God, are you making these for other people? Are they just for yourself? So I was like, oh my God, this could be a business. And that's where I still had way too much free time on my hands. And there was only so much walking in five kilometers zone I could do. So I decided to start a business plan. So I didn't even know where to start. I got advice from a few people and they were saying, talk to Leo. And I was like, who's Leo? I, I genuinely thought they were talking about Leo Varadkar. Um, obviously they weren't. They were talking about the local enterprise office. So I found that out very quickly. <laughs> And but I started learning from there. So I reached out to my local enterprise office. I got set up on the very first online Zoom business course they ever did. So start your own business. And I went from there. So I, that that along with two other business courses I will do I was doing them simultaneously and writing my business plan. So oh my God. I spent three months, took it nearly as a full-time job. Um, I got everything in line, everything organized as much as I could. I didn't even know what to expect, to be very honest. And I launched on the 24th of July, 2020 as an online store. Uh, we had one product available and launched on our lovely website. And the website crashed because there was too much demand. There was too many people on the site. I couldn't even access it. Um, the website crashed and it also sold double the amount that I actually had in stock. Wow. Which, was, <laughs> which was a bit of a dramatic one. So we sold out in eight minutes, but we actually double sold in eight minutes. So it was, it was a bit mad. So I had to get back into production. But obviously that then gave me the evidence. Oh my God, people want to have my chocolates. People would want this. And we just stayed going from there and it's been uh, such an exciting journey oh my god well I have a few questions to ask you about that time firstly the bare basics were you were you doing this at home were you making everything at home so it was all done at home. So my parents uh, very kindly let me take over the entire kitchen. Um, we got it HSC certified because obviously making food, you have to be uh, with your environmental health office, you have everything checked out. So it was a lot of organization, a lot of moving around, jiggling, juggling the kitchen and making it suitable. And then so we're doing all of that from the kitchen, which was great. So I was cleaning down. I was getting up before anyone doing about two hours. When everyone gets up for work, I'd have to have clean down so they could all have breakfast. Then when everyone went off to work, I'd set up again and I'd work until lunchtime until one or two people wanted lunch. Then lunch down, start up again, go until dinner time. I cook dinner for everyone. And then once everyone's off to bed, I start working again. So it was a bit impractical, but we made it work. The 16 hour shifts definitely came too play there they did they did they mm-hmm. definitely did uh, but it was great all my family chipped in everyone helped me pack the chocolates everyone helped me pack the orders um, I still remember the first night when we got our first order and how we were packing it up on our kitchen table and I was off on the Monday to the post office delivering it so it was it was just brilliant 
And can I ask, in terms of design, packaging, all of those kind of jobs, how are you getting all of that done in in a sort of a lockdown environment? Uh, so I was reaching out a lot to suppliers and we were kind of picking and choosing what, what I like. So I kind of got some leads of like packaging that I did like. And I was like, OK, that's quite simple. Uh, unfortunately, the very first packaging we did, it wasn't protective enough for shipping because a lot of the chocolates were actually getting broken in the first few weeks. Uh, that was both by the courier and by the packaging. So mm-hmm. I had to redesign all of that. I had to work with other designers, other companies, and be my main focus for the packaging is actually protection. Um, it's yes, they have to look pretty in it, but they have to survive because we're an online business. So they have to arrive to the customer exactly as we ship them out. So it was a lot of learning. And still to this day, we're still looking at adapting. I spend a lot of time on our packaging to making sure it's correct. And there's always improvements and it's not perfect, but it's literally step by step. And you're just learning from learning from the last error and trying to just make it that bit better. So tell me about some of the first big wins at that time. I think definitely launch day when it was, we sold out so quickly, I couldn't believe that. So that gave me a real kind of boost. And then after that, two weeks in, we, I decided to set up a pre-order system. So I said, okay, got on web design done, changed it around and said, okay, from this day, people can pre-order. And we were, we had pre-orders open for three months. And I launched it and I was sold out for a full three months of my maximum capacity. In how long? In less than two hours, we had sold out for three months worth of chocolates. So that was really incredible. Again, that was real evidence. I was able to go to the grants, the local enterprise office and say, I need support. And they were able to provide me with financial support as well, which was incredible because they could see that there was a demand for the product. And so I suppose year one was supposed July through to December. And then we were just we were just getting so busy that I couldn't really cope. So when my parents saw how busy were the orders, they allowed me to we had a little kiln, which my dad used to import wood uh, in and dry it out into this in our little shed in our back garden. And I said, can I please change it into a chocolate factory? And it took a bit of to and fro and but they agreed. And so my neighbor is my one of my neighbors, the plumber, one's an electrician. My dad's the carpenter and another one the Tyler and all of them came together and in less than a month they had built a chocolate factory for me in the back garden that's amazing and yeah it was incredible and then from there the demand was increasing we were able to get our chocolate tempering machines with funding from the local enterprise office and I suppose we were finally getting set up and there was still even though we had increased capacity there was still only so much I could do so I started hiring my team um one of the first people that has came on board with us he's still with us to this day he's absolutely amazing Andrew he's um our head chocolatier phenomenal and some of the other team they've been coming and going throughout us as well like I've really had a really high retention from the very first staff members that have been with us the whole way through and we've kept that because I want to create like a really nice family environment because we were in my family home it was very homely it was very familiar so it's really nice to keep that going now that we are in our new space as well. I was going to say has your dad got his kiln shed back yet? He has he has as of last last month we're we're one month now in our new space which is really amazing. So where are you now and what's the difference in the two spaces? 
So we're 30 times the size, um, which wow. is pretty incredible. So we don't need 10 square meter space when, when we're at the back. So now that we have our own space, 30 times the size. So it's great. We can store our packaging. We can store products. We can produce more. We have more flow. It's just so much more suitable. And yeah, it's really incredible. It's really nice to have our own space. It took nearly a year to get it fully organized from the from the first date that I walked in to view it down to planning permission, organization, contracts, um, lease agreements uh, by by the time all of it was done it was a year to get through but it's been incredible it's been really great oh my goodness me well and then of course you as you got Brent Thomas as your stockist your retail partner we did so I that happened less than a month after the launch um in 2020 so I got a message on Instagram to say hello I'm the food buyer can I please get in touch with you and I was a bit like really? I didn't really think it could be possible. And they told me kind of the potentials and how they saw that how my brand could go with them. Yeah. And we have pretty much succeeded on every single thing that was set down in that first meeting, which is incredible. Um, so within by, by November 2020, we were already stocked on their shelves. Uh, they were selling out every week we did a delivery we had to do another delivery because they just kept selling out the demand was there because we were sold out online so people were going in store buying the chocolates same again happened last christmas um it just the demand kept picking up and we just couldn't keep enough between online and in one store and that's why we've chosen as well to only have one retail partner because we didn't want to let people down we couldn't supply there's only so much we can make because they are all handmade and all hand painted and then last November, the end of November, we launched our first concession, which is in Brown Thomas Galway. And that was great. That was really nice. It was a lot of organization, something very new again, because I was used to the online system. We had never done anything like that in in person. But it was our first few days that I was in there and I was talking to all these customers. It was people walking up to me that I had known their name online for the year and a half before that. And I'd never seen them. And they were coming up to me telling me their name and I tears were coming to my eyes. I was like, it's thanks to all of these people that we are here today. And I was saying they're like, just as a huge thank you to each and every one of them, because it is incredible the support that's been around us. And oh, and I kind of wish at times that I could smile at every single one of them or give them a big hug because it's really incredible. And it is the support. Um, and because of the success of that, then we got into Grafton Street and we did the launch for Dundrum as a pop-up as well when they launched in their new store. So, so you're online with the Brown yes. Thomas Group and then where are you bricks and mortar? Uh, so we don't have a bricks and mortar shop ourselves. No, we no, no, with our- Brown Thomas. Oh, with in... Thomas in Grafton Street. So we have a Grafton Street concession store in there and you can also buy the products in Limerick and Cork and you will be able to buy them in Dundrum and Galway for Christmas time this Christmas as well. So you're going to be across the full group. In all of them, yes. Exciting. So, Grania, with this sort of um, expansion and development, and literally, I'd say the adrenaline, but you'd be adrenaline junkie if you are uh, familiar to chefs' kitchens and things. Um, Where have been the pain points? Where's been the stress, the not good stress as opposed to the buzzy stress? 
Um, I suppose there's there's all different stresses that are kind of coming on you every day and how you take them on and just kind of either you take them on as stress or you just take them on as a, a problem and you find a solution to it. So that's the kind of the way that I would look at things. I'd be like, okay, problem, how can we find a solution? Or problem, how can we avoid this happening again? So it's a lot of organization put in place and everyone on the team follows a lot of procedures. We have a lot of SOPs, which are standard operational procedures. So everything's like a, a follow by follow. But saying that everything can go wrong all of the time, which is fun, which is fine. These things you kind of have to preempt them and expect that things can go wrong. So I suppose packaging has been one, the kind of the price increases on it, along with the shipping delays, trying to get it to you. So we're trying to change that. I'm trying to look at different suppliers, how we can get a bit easier access to it because you don't, I need to order in huge bulk, at least 15,000 units of anything at a time nearly is what the standard order is which is huge and then we're just looking at it for months so it's not really that suitable for us so we had one heartbreak um, around Valentine's Day our first ever Valentine's Day was Valentine's 2021 and it broke my heart oh there was so many tears but my packaging was due to arrive first week in January and they said no not here yet I said okay checked in the following week no not here yet checked in the following week they said no no it's not here yet I said can we please just have a checkup on it and you tell me where exactly where it is they're like it's on the train I said just just confirm it for me um and they rang and it had actually never been put on the train freight so my packaging was lost somewhere in the world and there was no way for me to find out where it was so nobody knew so we had to get emergency made a very small quantity and get it air freighted over oh and that was all fine second plan plan b we're all fine we have a solution so that's okay we get it air freighted it's on the plane it's fine it has a stopover in frankfurt and believe it or not that week it started to snow and all of the planes got got stuck in frankfurt nothing was moving everything was halted so my packaging, I just had to accept and say, I'm not going to have packaging. So <laughs> it was it was a tough one. But what we did, so we had to work, make do what we had. So we said to all of our customers, firstly, we offered them all a discount on their next order. They'd come back to us. The next thing we did then was we said to our packaging company, what can we get? We, we focused on what we could get as quickly as possible. Got it all delivered to us. My family, my neighbours, my friends, Every single person was packaging chocolates that last week before Valentine's Day. And we got out as many as we could. And those then that we couldn't, we hand delivered them around the country. Oh so we broke God. into different teams. Um, let's see, my brother and his girlfriend, they did Kilkenny and Kildare area. Uh, I did with my mom. We went to did Dublin and kind of anywhere else around the, the area that we could. All of my best friends, they did all of Galway and surrounding counties. My dad went a bit further south. My packaging company, they actually, the, the CEO and her daughter, they went down to Cork and did all Cork and Kerry. So everyone came together to make it happen. And it wasn't ideal, but for me, it was, we were getting our job done and we were doing the best we could out of a bad situation. So I think that's still one of the most traumatizing <laughs> events that I've had, but it taught me a great lesson. I'd say you were soothing with a lot of chocolate yourself with that one, were you? Yeah, there, there, no, there wasn't much time for eating now. There was a bit of a, a stress silence. But look, we got through it and I slept very well on Valentine's Day myself. Oh my I curled up on the couch and I, I just slept the entire day. Good Lord. Um, do you at this stage have a chief operations officer or is that still you? That's still me. And is that a role <laughs> that you enjoy? 
love it I absolutely love it the organisation the planning um, it's just it's really coordinating everything together but it's also I just work with all the team that I have around me so everyone has their own different skills people are happy to take on new roles and they're all growing with us which is so exciting as well and I'm always kind of reaching out to the team first and seeing what they want would they like to do this part of the job would they like to do this and seeing if there's interest there before we take it before we outsource it as well or before we look at getting a new team member in so it's it's re- it's really brilliant I love being ahead of the operations, I've actually learned that I love marketing. I love the social media side, I love PR, and I'm learning kind of different skills that I never even knew I had, which is it's it's incredible. So let me talk through your roles. You're chief operations officer, chief marketing officer. Yes. Chief executive officer. Yes. Are you chief yes. finance officer? I am. HR. <laughs> yes. Oh my lord! Um, what are you delegating? So. Uh, there's a huge amount that I delegate down. So I kind of would oversee everything, make sure everything is going well. Um, Andrew, as I mentioned earlier on, he would be our head chocolatier. So he'd be head of manufacturing. Um, he works, our pastry chefs work so hard. They're, they've grown so much with us, which I absolutely love. Uh, and they're so such a strong team within us. And there's three of those full time as well. So they're, they're incredible. Um, and that then will help with packing the orders. That will help order fulfillment. They're really great. And they'll also reach out of their role if they're busy. If they're they're set up and organized, they'll move into another role. Then we will always have somebody that's helping with packing orders, um, packing the chocolates. And we can work that into a bit of a flow. And generally that team would then start to grow. So that'll be kind of our operations, in-house operations side. Um then we also have our customer service, hugely important. So my Auntie Mary does all of our customer services. She works remotely from Kildare and we have a catch-up call every single day. So she's dealing directly with all of our customers, making sure all of them are happy, any complaints, any worries with where our parcel's gone, anything to do with that, Mary's helping with that. She'll also help with loads of the other jobs as well and kind of keeping the organisation and planning and other side of things kind of the admin sides and then my father is our delivery driver so he will be doing any deliveries directly to brown thomas in dublin he also built my chocolate factory that i'm in right now as well he helped renovate that and so that's kind of our core team and then we also have our brown thomas team as well so we have our brown thomas sales assistants they're fantastic they're really passionate about the brand and it's really lovely to to have a face to the brand as well so we have big smiles and really friendly girls and it's lovely lovely to have them um front and face and meeting the customers and i tell them the most important part is making everyone feel welcome welcome them all in telling them about the chocolates being passionate and being excited because we are a new baby brand in the big luxury brand business so it's it's really about telling the story and they might not buy today they might not buy tomorrow but they might remember us next time next time they have a gift and they come back and support the small little Irish business so it is great to think we we now have kind of a core team of eight and we will go up then for the Christmas Valentine's Easter Mother's Day rush Um, so within the next two months we'll be hiring again and are you still working with your chocolatiers on product innovation and flavors and things Absolutely. We actually had just great fun last week and we were doing our photo shoots for next year. So you have to kind of have them done so early in advance that it's a bit, we don't expect it sometimes. But yeah, we got all of our kind of Christmas flavours finalised. We're doing a new a new caramel box because caramel is our most popular flavour. So we wanted to do one of just five different types of caramel, different textures, different flavours. And then we have our Easter eggs for next year as well. We're thinking about, we kind of listen to our customers and we actually did something great, which I loved last week. I sent out an email 
to some of our greatest supporters and I asked them all what would they like to see next year Mm. and we got loads of replies of people giving us some crazy ideas some great ones some really easy to do ones, some that are not so easy but it was just so brilliant that we were getting what people want because it's not just about what I want (laughs) it's about what our customers want so yeah it's brilliant but I love the product innovation I love the colors I love the painting I love the art side of things so that's where that's that's nearly my favorite one of my favorite jobs I was going to ask you you know for those of us looking for some lovely um chocolate porn um where do you you look for your inspiration or who's doing a beautiful job at the moment so I'm full of color and so full of patterns and I suppose in the chocolate world there's a few that are kind of around the world that are doing phenomenal things they're beautiful some stores in New York and I can't wait to go and visit and even look into Belgium or even France they have a different style but you're also kind of learning about textures and flavors um but I suppose within Ireland I'm I'm looking at the colour and uh, amazing businesswoman like the likes of, I suppose, Aoife McNamara, Aoife Ireland. She's doing phenomenal work. Then we have some others, like even I was looking at the Create 2022 in Dublin um, with in Brown Thomas and all those fantastic Irish designer like Barbara Bennett, who does the amazing shoes or even Pilo, the Pilo bags. Mm. They're beautiful. I think there's so much fun and creativity going around in Ireland. And they can, like I look at inspiration from somebody completely different than our own product as well because I think that's that's where you can really have some fun and then I think I went out to Saudi Arabia just a few months back and I was taken around to some of the most amazing chocolate shops out there and it was completely different market completely different flavor profile than what we would be used to but it was also very interesting you can get a huge inspiration from traveling going to different places and seeing what other cultures like. And I suppose there's a lot of research done then behind that. Even just this morning, I was reading reports on kind of the trends for 2022 and 2023. And kind of just keep up with what's happening left, right and centre. You can't you can't let anything fall behind. I was going to say you have so much energy, Gronje. And, you know, every time I've chatted to you, you have equal amounts of energy. How do you manage to say consistently up, consistently buoyant, consistently productive? I actually, when I speak about things like this, I get so excited. <laughs> so I kind of sometimes don't ever check back in and like realize how far we've got or what we've done. So calls like this actually just get me so excited and being like, whoa, what an incredible two years this has been. Um, but I suppose it's kind of the little milestones and sharing them with the team because there's at times, I think there's times where I um, have a milestone and I might not even recognize, I might say, oh, just tick the box and off we go to something else. But when you tell the team about it and they all get so excited, excited as well because they feel like they're coming along on the journey and it's just kind of it's really incredible like we're trying to secure our first hotel for bedroom pillows uh the pillow chocolates and we got very close to that this morning so we got an amazing email and the fact that I was able to go in tell the team about that their big smiles the excitement the little woohoo and then off we go to the next job so it is about sharing I suppose the milestones as well and because it's one it's one big team effort it really is I'm telling you I'm going to want to stay in that hotel that's suddenly become a priority (laughs) Um, tell me about the summer you've just had because I mean not only are you doing everything you've just been talking about but in addition you were live and direct at a few events yeah, so I had a great summer. It was first summer kind of back to normality because every other summer for us has been COVID and we've been in lockdown for it. So for me, it was actually, it was brilliant. It was very busy though because generally I would see summers are quiet time because people generally buy chocolates seasonal seasonal times of the year. 
but I've actually been busier <laughs> the last two, three months than I had been nearly all Christmas long. So there were, I had events booked in. So I was up on stage doing demos. Um, I was trying was to... That? I did a Taste of Dublin, which was brilliant. Um, then we brought raw chocolates and we went to Bloom. And that was our first ever food festival. And we could not get over meeting everyone and how enthusiastic and excited. It was either people that had bought from us before and they knew exactly what they wanted. There was the other customer that had never heard of us and we were able to tell them all the story and they were getting so excited about the small chocolate business. And then there was the other customer who had heard about us but never the chance to try. And they were like making a beeline for us being like, now is my chance to try. So it was just brilliant. It was really nice. We we're getting out there, meeting new people. We also launched our wedding favours which was brilliant for us. So we're doing little two-piece boxes for weddings and obviously Grobby and the Irish word for love. It kind of really links in for weddings. It fits in perfectly for people to have a little wedding favour as well. So it's been looking at kind of different markets for us. And then we've been doing a lot of behind the scene work for this Christmas, for next year. And also then, as I said, trying to get the hotels booked in we're trying to just look at what other markets we can work off um and maybe even hampers for this christmas we haven't done them before wow. so maybe the corporate side of things so it's been a lot of looking at everything but also trying to take some downtime which can be hard to yeah. fit in as well <laughs> tell me about your collaboration with the galway races because i know that was a very personal one for you it was. So I loved the Galway Race collaboration. So my grandfather was manager of the race course and my father, his sisters and brother would have grown up on the race course. So it's always been a big place in our hearts. We've gone every single summer with my grandfather. We would have always been there. He knew everyone walking around and it was it was always just a great place. It was a family catch up place. And then last summer, I was getting loads of requests for sponsorships for, for different things. And I really want to make sure everything we do really aligns with raw chocolate. So I didn't want to do something that was very different for us. And I was telling my dad about it. And he's like, well, I know that none of those are close to your heart, but what about Galway races? And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't even know would that be anywhere even possible. But I popped them an email, sent them an email. And they, of course, they knew my grandfather. And they were like, this could be an amazing. They only had one race left uh, for a sponsorship available. And we said we'd take it. So it was brilliant. So we sponsored one race. Which uh, one? On the, on the Saturday meet. So it was Graw Chocolates Maiden was what it was called. Uh, so we sponsored that. But we also, in the agreement, we said we'd have our chocolate stand in the champagne bar for the seven days. So again, getting a chance to meet loads of people. And we also had the idea of putting up a selfie wall. So a wall where people could come and take their photo in front of it. And that gave us so much pure. So people were coming left, right and centre, taking photos in front of our pink wall, Grot chocolates branding everywhere, done quite mutely, but still quite nice. And people were spreading it wild like wildfire across the internet our branding which was really incredible. So not only were we getting the sales upstairs, the the online promotion that was um coming through it all the the photos everyone taking it there but then the saturday the race being broadcast and it just was it was just brilliant fun so it was it was really incredible it was quite surreal i walked off the stage on the saturday after presenting the trophy and i got very teary-eyed um after kind of speaking it was a bit overwhelming because i know my grandfather would have loved to have been there and he would have been so proud so oh i'm sure yeah, it's, it's incredible Brilliant, brilliant. Now, I have to pick your brains here, Gronya, because um, you spin so many different plates. I mean, even to deep dive into one element of your work, your sponsorship of the race, your idea of being in the champagne bar, your idea of the selfie wall, literally, I'm sure you came up with hashtags and all of that. How do you organize your brain? What goes on there? 
it's a bit chaotic. I kind of rely on other people to organize it for me. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I suppose I just kind of get jobs done as they come to mind. Um, so I have lists left, right and center. I'm trying to fill every moment I can with a few jobs um, and just kind of ticking through. And then also delegation, as you mentioned earlier on. So if there is so many things in my mind, I know I can't get through all the jobs. I know I have to pass them on and I know who I can pass them on to now because we do, everyone is willing to help out, but certain people have certain areas that link into their current job. Mm. Um, so it was a lot of that. I think very, very organized um, calendar is really important because you have to make sure there's time enough for everything. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just, I suppose it's a matter of getting, getting the jobs done when we can and taking the journey rather than being stressed by having being overwhelmed, which of course happens. Don't get me wrong. There's times where I'm so tired and I'm just literally like, okay, I need to hide away and cook myself a nice dinner tonight, <laughs> go for a walk and chill out. But majority of the time, it's just riding the wave and really enjoying it, taking one step, taking every opportunity that comes your way as well, um, because you might only be off the chance once. Well, actually, you're you're so right, because I think one can look at anything in two ways. You can look at the, oh, my God, I've got so much to do. Or you can look on it, which I presume is your way of looking on it as I've got all of these opportunities if I can get through to them. Absolutely. And and about just passing off those jobs, the ones you don't feel like you should be doing um being like these ones take a or the jobs you don't like i suppose mm. <laughs> that's one thing i do as well jobs i don't like i'm like somebody else will like this job mm. so i can be like okay this one isn't that organized how can i pass it off like invoicing i could leave an invoice too long which i should just shouldn't be doing so a lot of our orders will go through online we don't have that much wholesale like that anyway but there should be no delay on that so now i can pass that to somebody that is really on the ball that won't let an invoice pass and then it goes smoothly um so it is about sometimes recognizing as well your kind of sore points and then recognizing the points and your skill set and where it lies give a lot of focus to the jobs you love doing because you're going to do them 100 percent, and give somebody else the job that yeah. you don't like doing and it's not because you don't like doing it, you're trying to pass off a bad job but it's about passing the job to somebody that's skilled at doing it and that will follow it through successfully as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, earlier on in our conversation, you were talking about the Local Enterprise Board and I know you've done a lot. I don't know if you were involved with Board BIA as part of Bloom or whatever. Could you tell us a little bit about how you approached, what you got from them, what are the benefits and any tips for anyone else looking at your example? Absolutely. So I cannot speak highly enough of all of the supports that are out there for businesses. Um, so firstly, the first call I made was to the local enterprise office. They put me on that business course. I also was doing the online courses as well that were available. I think it was through Enterprise Ireland um, that there was a, a specific food business startup course. So it had everything you'd need because a food business is very different than a standard business as well. You have your regulations you need to follow. If you're used by dates, you need to, if you've never worked in a kitchen before, it's a whole new world of regulation in a kitchen. Um, I was quite used to that. So I was quite lucky with the HACCP and the following procedures, but not everyone has that. So I think it's about really using the resources that are there. Um, in lockdown, the local enterprise office did something incredible that was called the Lunch and Learn. Every Wednesday, every week, they would have a live event where two people would talk, or it could be more than two, about a certain topic. And I, as I was cooking and I was making all the chocolates, I would have this on in front of me. So I was constantly listening to new because it was a whole new world for me. I didn't know anything about this. Then I was linking in with the local enterprise office for the priming grant. They, they secured me the priming grant very quickly. 
but I also then started working closely with Enterprise Ireland. I did the New Frontiers course, um, which was fantastic. It was actually a paid course as well. It's quite hard to get onto, but if you do a really strong pitch and you have a really good product idea, you can get on and it's a paid course. They pay you and they, they really put a lot of time and effort into building you up as a business and look, kind of looking at your weaknesses. And it's near, I think it was a close to a nine month course uh, it was brilliant. Then I suppose since then I did take a break for a while because I was like, I'm just doing constant courses. I'm still doing some podcasts, listening to a lot of kind of the educational side of things. And then just around this time last year, which has actually just opened up, which is the Food Works program. So the Food Works program is an Enterprise Ireland, Chagas and Board Bia run course. So all three of them come together and they take high potential food startup businesses and they help them grow so I've been on that course since last year and it is absolutely incredible so it's a year-long course so we'll be finishing up at the end of this year and it's so great they really it's food focused so there's so much knowledge out there there's so many supports they will help you create a fantastic business plan because i did create a business plan i updated my business plan last year but you can't need to constantly update it in things don't stay the same and if i read my same business plan from day one as to now yes we've achieved a lot of the things but a lot of the things they didn't actually ever even happen because it wasn't what the market wanted so I'm working now at the moment. That's why I'm re reading the reports on the the trends and changes. I need to know where we need to focus ourselves for next year. And this course is bringing me to really focus on that. They also provide you with funding. So you need to apply in. You can get feasibility funding from them as well. As well as if you didn't decide to go with the Enterprise Ireland route, you could stick with your local enterprise office. And there's a, uh, an expansion grant available after 18 months in business as well, where they can, you, you spend it all first, but they give you 50% of the funding wow. um yeah really incredible same as the priming grant um i suppose that chagas um and the the leader program is something that definitely should be looked at um the leader program was providing 75 percent funding on all capital expenditure including um or fit outs as well which is quite rare fit out of a building electricity that side of things so 75 percent funding for food businesses um they also have a different leader grant so that's for rural development areas so because we're based in east galway we're able to avail of that grant which was provided us with so much support and i will say they take a lot of work they take a lot of filling in, ticking the boxes, doing what you need to do, but it is so worth it. It's money that's there. The funding is there to support small businesses, to help them grow. There's not just the money available, though, but there's the, the courses, the online classes, the get in touch with your Leo and get onto social media courses, marketing courses. And even if you're just listening to them, some of the things you might know already, but if you're tuned in and you're listening to these, you're learning. And they're all free, aren't they? Majority of them are, yes. Mm. Um, the local enterprise office might charge a small fee for some of them. Uh, maybe 10 euro is what we kind of find is the general fee. A lot of them are done online, so you can tune in. Your team could watch them as well. They're all very interesting. And also I should another one as well is the online grant as well for website development for the local enterprise office as well, which is excellent. So what was your first step? Was it looking online or was it finding somebody in the business in the local enterprise office to speak with who guided you through or how would you recommend people make the first approach? 
Mine was a phone call. So I called. Um, at the time, there was nobody in the office. They called me back. And I got talking to this one particular person and they guided me. They spoke to me. What's your idea? How do you plan on doing it? Just a few small steps. They said, OK, we're going to have a business course. Would we like? Would you like to be notified when it goes live? If you say yes, they'll be contacting you then about your next one. You can also book into a lot of them online as well if you do want. But I think making a connection of a voice and meeting or else going into the office and meeting a person means so much more because then you're putting a face to the person. You're getting to know them. They're getting to know you and your business and working from there. And then I cannot praise enough Bree the Fox, who's here in our Galway local enterprise office. She's amazing, so supportive. But she also recognizes people that work really hard towards something. So very, yeah, very important. That's when you can link in with these people um, they will be supports forever they really they'll, will they'll sort of handhold you through the process and, and point things out to you won't they completely they will tell you what's next um, when I, the day I finished the Start Your Own Business course uh, Bree the Fox the head of the local enterprise office came on she spoke to each and every person individual she wanted to hear what each of their businesses were and once she heard about mine she said you need to do this 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 I had them all done within two months and she said, nobody ever, tell, nobody ever does what I do, what I tell them to do. <laughs> so it is also like she was telling me exactly what I needed to do. I did those things. And that's why I was able to get on really well with them. Um, so they're there to help. And if you really ha- listen to them and take their advice, they will give you every kind of support they can. So will they even look at your applications and maybe advise you, you need to give more information there or whatever, that kind of thing? So they will provide you with a mentor that can do that for you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's talk about mentorship, because is that something, a line you've gone down? Completely. So I've had different mentors along the way. Um, some of them were amazing at certain stages. I've never really contacted them since, but it just kind of worked away. And and you have to use advice around people. So I suppose some people that were were friends of mine um, that have kind of have their own food business. I was able to lean to them for advice and they're still always helping out. Um, Local Enterprise Office provided me with my first two kind of official mentors. Um, one of them was for finance so I was able to go through my cash flow projections and figure out through and the other one was for a business plan so I had the basics and the bones of business plan but I'd never done a business plan before so I didn't know so I got these two people pull them together and then I had all of this application ready the one that was helping me with finance also was a specialist in the grant applications so he also went through every single detail in the grant applications meant I was able to just send them in and they were almost good to go and then since then I suppose with the New Frontiers course they provided me with a mentor as well he was excellent in branding and marketing um, had worked for different luxury brands in Ireland and that was a really good sounding board for me as well then with the Foodworks program, I have a fantastic mentor. She grew um, a food business as well, a luxury food business. She really pushed it up um, through through the ranks. And it's just to have that advice and that sounding board and somebody to talk through once every two weeks is what we do minimum. But I can always call and pick up the phone and say, I have this worry. What should I do? And they might just say, that's not a worry. You just need to take a moment, can hold on a few days on that and think about how you actually want to approach this. Or it could be, I'm not sure if I want to keep this up. What's the pros and cons? And once you can talk it out with somebody very reasonably, then you can move on or decide to stay on. So one piece of advice that you you shared before, and I think it stuck with me because it's so true, that a mentor doesn't need to be a mentor for your entire career process. You have different people for different stages and things, don't you? Absolutely. And some people will be there for the entire process, but you have to take what you need to take out of certain people. And knowing going to a mentor as well, you need to know what you want out of it. Because mm. if you're just going in for a chat, 
You're just going to walk out and be like, that was just a chat. I didn't get anything out of that. You need to know what their strengths are and you need to go to them with questions so that your questions are being answered rather than it being just being a chat. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very good tip. Any other tips for people who are literally just starting out in business, maybe feeling a bit bogged down, maybe there's too many plates spinning at the moment. Any tips? Well, my little motto is dream it, believe it, achieve it. So I literally just say to people to, if they have a dream, then they just need to believe in themselves. They just need to work hard along that and they will get there. They will achieve it. They will push through and get it. And it's not saying every day is going to be easy, but it is also lists can be amazing. Ticking things off. I find the relief I get another job done and you're getting through your day and you feel you can look back then and go, well, I did all this. Also then, as I just mentioned, a mentor, because I go into my mentor calls, it might be once a month, it might be once every two weeks, or it might not be for a few months. So what's happened since we last spoke? And I can actually tell them everything I've done. And they're like, but you told me it was quiet. And I was like, oh I suppose I thought it kind of was but once you have somebody you can tell all these things to and they're like no that's an incredible amount of work that you've actioned over the past few weeks go you then you also can stand back and go wow yeah okay I did do a lot of work because I think we can all be very hard on ourselves at times as well we can nearly guilt trip sometimes when you have your own business you're like I'm not doing enough I'm not doing this and I'm the worst for that um but once you sometimes need to step back and go yes I am doing a good job and go from there Absolutely. Great advice. Um, Gronya, if you are looking back on 2022, tell me what you want it to be remembered for. I think it's definitely going to be a year where I go, wow, we finally got our own space. Um, So that's one of the biggest achievements. And it's amazing to think that we finally do. Um, I really hope that we've secured our first hotel for bedroom amenities and hopefully for more. And then I just really hope that we can just stay grown as a, as a team and that everyone kind of has really specific roles, everyone feels really comfortable and that we just have happiness and smiles all around us and that we can celebrate together in our, in our great year. I hope you'll be giving your parents some time off and Auntie Mary. <laughs> Absolutely, everyone needs their bit of time off. <laughs> and then any, any big dreams for 2023? 2023, um, I would hope that I want to build my own chocolate factory soon. So this is only a three year lease on this space. So we're already two and a half years only left. Um, so for 2023, I hope I can find a site that I can build our very own chocolate factory in a few years time. Um, that would be very exciting. And yeah, I think I think that's that's the aim right now is that's, that's one of them. And then just growing our product range as well, listening to our customers, seeing what else we can do, what other fun products we can come up with and just giving, giving people what chocolates they want. <laughs> Well, I have to say, tick box, you've dreamt it, tick box, you've believed it, and tick box, you are absolutely achieving it. So I have no doubt at all in the future. Gronya, you've given us an amazing 360 and roller coaster view around your business. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you, you for so all the much. tips. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you again, Gronya. My goodness. Um, that actually is an interview to sit down with pen and paper and maybe the pause button because I think. We'll all find we've got plenty to take out from that. So thank you very, very much for being so generous, both with your time and your experiences, Gronya. And may I also say thanks to Tall Tales Studios and to the team at Image, Sophie Power, Dominique McMullen, Simone Kennedy and Bill O'Sullivan for their help in producing today's podcast. 
Incidentally, if you've enjoyed today's episode and would like to find out more in the series, you'll find them on our hub at image.ie workrest slay, as well as on your usual podcast platforms. And of course, we'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, rate and or comment on what you've enjoyed. Have a great month and I'll be back next month with another Work, Rest, Slay.